0: PTJ podcasts are made possible by the American Physical Therapy Association. Physical therapists diagnose and treat people of all ages with all types of health conditions to help keep them moving and functioning in daily life. Welcome
1: to PTJ's The Bottom Line for March 2009. I'm Donovan Stutel along with Dave Corboisier. Bottom lines translate the findings of selected research articles for clinical practice. Bottom lines are not intended to substitute for a critical reading of the original articles. The bottom lines for the March 2009 issue of PTJ were written by Dr. Eric K. Robertson, assistant professor in the Department of Physical Therapy at the Medical College of Georgia in Augusta, Georgia. We have two bottom lines this month. Our first bottom line summarizes... A Qualitative Application of the Diffusion of Innovations Theory to Examine Determinants of Guideline Adherence Among Physical Therapists by Dr. Yenneke Harting, Gert Orlton, Stephen Orlton, and Dr. Steph Kremers.
0: What problems did the researchers set out to study and why? Even as evidence-based practice has become an important part of physical therapist practice, adherence to evidence-based guidelines remains less than optimal. To understand the determinants of guideline adherence, the researchers sought to study the factors inherent in the complexity of clinical practice. The researchers also evaluated the use of a theoretical framework, Rogers' diffusion of innovations theory, as part of the study. Who participated in the study? The researchers interviewed three focus groups made up of 21 men and nine women who were practicing physical therapists in the Netherlands. The members of the focus group had five to 30 years of practice experience. What new information does this study offer? Through the use of a theoretical framework, this study successfully provided information related to determinants of guideline adherence among physical therapists in the Netherlands. Overall, the subjects had a poor opinion of guideline dissemination. Because little information was gathered regarding the adoption of the guideline, the researchers concluded that the diffusion of the innovation, the Dutch Guidelines for Low Back Pain, was not yet complete. What new information does this study offer for patients? A theoretical framework was used successfully to study why clinicians do not follow a set of treatment guidelines for low back pain. According to the Diffusion of Innovations Theory, innovations, such as these guidelines, are incorporated into daily practice through a five-stage process. This study provides evidence that this process is not yet complete among physical therapists in the Netherlands, which can explain why therapists do not consistently follow treatment guidelines for low back pain. This information will help researchers and policymakers plan better ways to increase therapists' adherence to guidelines and ultimately improve evidence-based practice with the overall goal of enhancing patient care. How did the researchers go about this study? This was an observational study with qualitative analysis according to Rogers' innovation decision process. The new guidelines were considered an innovation to physical therapists. Three cohorts were interviewed by two members of the research team between November 2002 and January 2003. Audio-taped group sessions were then analyzed by a pre-structured coding scheme reflective of Rogers' five stages of innovation diffusion – How might the results be applied to physical therapist practice? This study provides useful information about the factors related to guideline adherence. Physical therapists can use this information to reflect on how innovations are incorporated into clinical practice. Researchers and guideline developers can use this information to help plan the delivery of future guidelines with the overall goal to improve evidence-based practice. What are the limitations of the study and what further research is needed? The data were derived from subjective reports by physical therapists in a group setting and might not reflect actual practice behavior. Because the study used a theoretical framework in a qualitative manner, there might have been a bias for the researchers to find more evidence in support of the theory than against it. Future studies might benefit from adopting this theoretical framework by incorporating a systematic sampling strategy that includes therapists representing each stage of the diffusion process. Our last bottom line
1: summarizes factors that influence the clinical decision-making of physical therapists in choosing a balance assessment approach by Dr. Patricia McGuinness, Dr. Larita Hack, Dr. Kim Nixon-Cave, and Dr. Susan Miklevitz.
0: What problems did the researchers set out to study and why? Physical therapists have the ability to choose from a wide variety of methods to assess balance because many different methods are supported by the literature. The factors that determine why or how a therapist might choose one method over another remain unclear. The goals of the researchers were, one, to explore clinical decision-making in the context of patients with balance deficits. Two, to understand the selection and use of balance assessment methods from the clinician's perspective. And three, to investigate what therapists knew about available options and why they chose a particular method of balance assessment. Who participated in the study? A purposeful sample was used. This sample consisted of physical therapists whom the researchers believed would be knowledgeable about balance assessment methods. Eleven physical therapists, five from inpatient settings, and six from hospital-based outpatient offices from one large multi-state hospital system participated. What new information does this study offer? The physical therapists in this study used a highly variable and individualized approach to patient examination that depended on the therapist's practical knowledge and experience. The researchers observed that the research literature had little influence on the therapist's decisions, and therapists tended to favor those assessments that they believed would provide them with the most useful information. What new information does this study offer for patients? Physical therapists have a wide range of research-supported tests available for use in the examination of patients who have balance problems. These researchers wanted to know how therapists decide which test to use. They found that the therapists in their sample selected tools based heavily on their own practical experience and less so on current published research. Overall, the therapists collected data that were meaningful to them in the context of patient care. By studying the way clinical decisions are made, physical therapists will come to a better understanding of how research evidence can be incorporated into patient examination. How did the researchers go about this study? This study used a qualitative design using a grounded theory approach. The researchers conducted two interviews with each participant and used several methods to protect the credibility of the findings, including low-inference data, member check, and triangulation among participants and multiple data sources. How might the results be applied to physical therapist practice? The study findings suggest that it might be necessary to improve the dissemination of various evidence-supported tests and measures beyond the psychometric properties of the tests in order to increase the use of research evidence in clinical practice. The researchers recommended including information related to the clinical relevance and utility of various tests when educating therapists about different assessment methods. This information is relevant for anyone involved in translating research findings into clinical practice. What are the limitations of the study and what further research is needed? Not all groups of physical therapists were represented in this study, such as those with less than four years of clinical experience or those with a doctor of physical therapy degree. In addition, the influence of organizational factors was not assessed. Future research should expand this work to study decision-making factors in other patient populations and in other areas of practice. Thanks for listening.
1: This has been a production of Science Audio, online at www.scienceaudio.net. We always appreciate your feedback. You can email ptj at scienceaudio.net or leave a voicemail at 626 593 7825.